Welcome, everyone, to the Change Starts Here podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Odom, and this week it is a pleasure to welcome back Dr. Daniel Amen. The uh, Washington Post says, by almost any measure, Dr. Amen is the most popular psychiatrist in America. It's an honor to have him back. As you know, we had him back uh, probably a year or so ago, um, and this time, this is one of those episodes where you know, I, I think I, the goal is of every episode to make it relevant to everyone who listens. But I think this is one of those episodes that absolutely hits it out of the park. We spend the almost the entire discussion tackling the topic of ADD or ADHD. We go back to some of the causes, the different types, the symptoms, how you can treat it, uh, and just have a really unique conversation. So I think if uh, if you're an educator and you have anybody around you, especially kids uh, struggling with ADHD, or you think they might this is a great episode for you if you're a parent it's definitely a great episode for you if you have if you're a friend if you have friends who have kids or you know this we even talk about adults with adhd and how that impacts folks and so i just i really think this episode is for everybody obviously if you don't know who doc amen is go follow him on instagram he is one of my favorite follows on instagram he's on tiktok i believe as well um he's just a really really thoughtful person who is who has committed his entire life to um, helping with brain health and making sure that we really take brain health seriously. He has, we, at the end of the episode, we talk about his upcoming book, which is Change Your Brain Every Day. It's a collection of uh, what he says is his best book. He's written 42 books and it's a collection of his best thoughts that are out there. And it's a, a kind of like a devotional every day to work on your brain health. It's This is a great conversation. I think the the challenge of walking away from it is I feel convicted. I mean, there's just a little part where we talk about how I give my kids apple juice and <laughs> he almost freaks out, which is funny. I mean, again, uh, he just, his point is, he just wants us to really think about how are we treating our brains and how can we get better so that we can love, serve and be the best versions of ourselves every single day. Um, at the end of it, when we talk about his new book that doesn't come out till March 21st, Change Your Brain Every Day, he has uh, he tells you how you can uh, pre-order it and get some really cool um, gifts in the mail for pre-ordering it. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I think you can tell I enjoyed this episode, so I hope you enjoyed it as me as you're listening. Really think through the people in your life who also need to hear Dr. Eamon's words because uh, I think he's really inspirational. And I know that my wife, Ashley, and I are going to go through this episode specifically and really think about what we need to do differently for ourselves as adults but also uh, to love our kids better so enjoy it as always thanks for listening if you're a subscriber thank you so much for your support if you aren't please hit the subscribe button we need all the support we can get and enjoy this episode it's a really honor i feel so honored to have him back all right dr amen it is so great to have you back thanks again for making time to be with us today thank you dustin i'm grateful to you for helping me spread this mission of brain health yeah, well, like I explained to you before we talked, it's starting to help me personally, but also my family uh, in, a, in a big way. So I appreciate you very much. And so uh, last time we talked, we dove into really a deep dive of your passion around brain health and uh, what we could do to take care of our brains better and why it's so important. This time, I want to focus on something that you've written a book about before, something that's been a passion of yours, something you revisit constantly on your social media channel, which is ADHD or ADD. I'm not sure how you want to describe it or start with it, but can you, for our audience, describe what is ADD or what is, how would you define ADHD? Well, people use those terms interchangeably. When I was a psychiatric resident, we called it ADD with or without hyperactivity. 
And then in 1987, they screwed up the name and they called it ADHD, H being the hyperactivity, which means they threw, threw out about half the people who have it who are never hyperactive. So, um, so they're the same thing. And it's a neurological disorder. So it's a brain disorder mm. that is associated with decreased activity in the front part of the brain in an area that responds to dopamine, an area called the basal ganglia and the cerebellum, back bottom part of the brain. So that is very consistent research finding. And when you have sleepy frontal lobes, what are the frontal lobes involved in? Focus, forethought, judgment, impulse control, organization, planning, empathy, learning from the mistakes you make. And so if you just think of the opposite of those things, those are people who struggle with ADD. Now, I think there's sort of five primary symptoms, short attention span, but not for everyone. And that's what fools people not for every situation. It's short attention span for regular, routine, everyday things, the things that make life work. But for things that are new, novel, highly interesting, stimulating, or frightening, people with ADD can pay attention just fine. So if a child loves a teacher, they're going to do really well in that class, even if they have pretty severe ADD. But if they don't like the teacher or they're neutral on the teacher, they're going to really struggle. So um, a couple of my kids, I have six kids, and three of them have ADD of one form or another. We'll get into that in a minute. But uh, give him a magazine on audiovisual stuff he'll read it cover to cover know everything go to best buy with me and tell me what to buy and then give me all the details but give him a history class it's just painful watch him try to read the book or pay attention and so short attention span but not for everything the second hallmark symptom is they're easily distracted they see too much, they hear too much, they taste too much, um, they feel too much. One of my kids that had ADD, I thought she was gonna be a stripper because when she was little, she just kept taking her clothes off. And if she had like socks with a seam in them, she would like throw a fit. <laughs> um, they, they're just too sensitive. So most of the time, our brain is really good at blocking out things we don't need to pay attention to. But people with ADD can't. So the world comes at them too intensely, too fast, which just makes them easily distracted, which then feeds the short attention span. Um, they also tend to be disorganized for time and space. So if you look at their rooms, their desks, their book bags, their filing cabinets, generally not awesome. 
and they tend to be late. In fact, many of them actually don't start getting ready to go until they're late. They need this, oh my God, I'm late, stimulation, right? Because people with ADD are often conflict seeking or stimulation seeking. And they end up always like 10 minutes late to things. And I've treated like 20,000 people with ADD over the last 40 years. And I'm like, you paid for this time from three to four. And if you're late, that's on you. And I tell them, you might want to call me and we'll start on the phone ahead of time. But we're stopping at four because I'm giving them enough anxiety so their ADD can't steal my time. Um, so disorganization, procrastination. They just don't do things until somebody's mad at them to do it. Uh, until there's that uh, intense stimulation. So they put off studying till the last minutes, not uncommon. You know, it's like, well, tell me how you did in college. And they're like, you know, not as good as I could have done. I didn't really study until the night before a test. I realized at 11 o'clock the night before, put on a pot of coffee, stay up all night, then do the test. And I'm like, that is just so not efficient. I mean, you know, some of that's normal if you're a freshman. If you're yeah. doing that when you're a junior in college, it means you have ADD or you're not <laughs> learning. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last one is impulse control. They often don't think before they say things, think before they do things. One of my favorite questions to ask when I lecture is how many of you are married? I raise my hand and half the audience raises their hand. I said, is it helpful for you to say everything you think in your marriage? And it's like, no, it's not helpful. But people have ADD, thoughts get out before they evaluate, is that helpful to say or not helpful? To say, because if there's no forethought, there's often no foreplay. Yeah. <laughs> so as I'm thinking through these, I'm thinking, one, myself and some of those, but two, my oldest son and you know some of my students that I used to have. And I guess one of my questions is, is it re a requirement to have all of those symptoms present to be defined as someone with ADD or ADHD or a few of them or one of them really strongly? I'm just trying to learn about you know, that. Probably three out of the five, um, yeah. because there are lots of reasons <laughs> people get distracted or have a short attention span or procrastinate. And, and you need to see it not like I had a poor attentional day, but looking back on your life, it's sort of the story mm. of your life. And, uh, and, and it has to sort of interfere with your life. The problem is ADD is often diminished in the media and by our society. And they think it's sort of made up by teachers who want to drug children or pharmaceutical companies who want to make a buck or doctors who want to get their patients out of their office quickly and get them to come back. And it's real. And when left untreated, it has serious consequences. According to one study from Harvard, 52% of people with untreated ADD abuse substances. 
there's a higher incidence of divorce, bankruptcy, incarceration, uh, job loss, school failure, and and that's just not okay. I mean, it can devastate people's lives. Um, and a lot of people go, oh, I would never give my child medicine for ADD. And that's just the dumbest thought, right? Yeah. I mean, if you had heart problems, you'd go, oh, I'd never give my child medicine for heart problems. Well, that's abuse. Or they're diabetic. Oh, I'd never give my child medicine for diabetes. And I think of ADD sort of like people who need glasses. People who need glasses, I wear glasses to drive. We are not dumb, crazy, or stupid. Our eyeballs are shaped funny. And right. I wear glasses to focus. People who have ADD or ADHD, they're not dumb, crazy, or stupid. Their frontal lobes don't turn on like they're supposed to. And the medicine helps you focus. Now, there are other non-medicine treatments intense aerobic exercise, a higher protein, lower simple carbohydrate diet, uh, certain supplements can help, but medicine is often miraculous, but not for everybody that has ADD. And one of the things I've learned from the brain imaging work I do, I've been imaging the brain for the last 32 years. And what I learned is ADD is not one thing, it's seven different things. And if you know the type of ADD you have, um, you'll get to the right treatment. Yeah, I'm mean, sorry. I, I do want to dive into the types. I do want to dive in a little bit of your idea of treatment. One of the things that's so refreshing to me about your um, recommendations for treatment is you don't ever push off the importance of medicine, but you always encourage the start of you know, these natural remedies to go after first to see if that has an impact, which I really appreciate. One of the things that you said is it kind of gave me PTSD from my childhood, as well as, as I think about uh, some of my failures as an educator, is um, the idea of mind over matter, right? And so one of the things I can hear my father saying is that, oh, you don't have ADHD or you just got to, you got to focus more. You got to focus harder. Is that something that you think society is finally out of to where we actually take it more seriously? Or do you still think we have a long way to go? I think we have a long way to go. There are a lot of people that go try harder. And yep. if you read a lot of the report, <laughs> the teacher would say, Dustin's really bright. If only he tried harder. Right. Or if only he applied himself more. But what I've seen with the imaging work I do is the harder you try, the worse it gets. So we scan people at rest and then we get them to do a concentration task. And often what we see with concentration, their brain deactivates. So it gets um, less active with concentration where in a healthy group, it gets more active with concentration. And so it's a bit like their brain betrays them. Now, if they just fall in love, they can pay attention just fine for about three months. But then as new love wears off, uh, their partner's going, why are you different? And <laughs> yep. so um, it's important, I think, to see it like glasses or needing glasses, right? And everybody thinks it would be neglectful for parents not to give their children glasses. Right. 
Um, and so when we think about um, ADHD and getting ADHD, are there causes of ADHD or is it just something that's hereditary? Is that something that just happens and good luck? Or is it something that uh, we kind of get from our environment or things that we have in our lives? It's genetic in large part. When I see an ADHD child, I'm looking at their parents and thinking to myself, all right, who's got it? <laughs> and I remember when Caitlin, uh, my little one who was hyperactive from before birth, she was so active inside her mother's womb, she thought she was going to be a boy because the Laura is the more active a baby is inside their mother, the more likely be, she wasn't. Trying to hold her at a year old was like trying to hold a live salmon. And just so wiggly, which was so different than her sister, who, you know, she'd sit on my lap and we'd watch uh, Beauty and the Beast, the Disney movie, like over and over again. Caitlin's like climbing over your head and off the, I'm like, where are you going? And uh, when, when we got her evaluated when she turned four, because 30% of three-year-olds look hyperactive. Only about 5% of four-year-olds look hyperactive. So I, I'm like, I'm hoping, praying, writing to the Pope, asking for a blessed picture put by her bed that she's going to outgrow it. She didn't. And when we went to the doctor, the doctor basically said, all right, who's got this? Because she knows a genetic disorder. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> not me. You know, <laughs> like I've written 42 books and everyone has been turned in on time. Uh, nobody ever has to chase me down to show up on time. And my first wife at the time went, well, not me. And, and I'm so grateful to the doctor who said, cause she knew my first wife was in college. This was like her 12th year, uh, trying to get her degree. She said, Tell me how you study. And she said, well, I can never study at home. It's just too much noise and too much distractions. I go in my little car underneath a street lamp, no children, no noise, nothing there I can study. And when she got diagnosed with ADD, it just explained so much pain in my life. Because when you're married to someone who has untreated ADD, it's chronically stressful. And um, and in my book, Healing ADD, I talk about this. There's actually a chapter called The Games ADD People Play. And the first game they play is, let's have a problem. They poke at other people. <laughs> Why? Because it's a stimulant. Now, they don't do it consciously. They don't do it purposefully. But they do it. And if you're on the receiving end, it wears you out that the chronic stress plus, and I don't know if we want to talk about this, but it, it has a negative impact sexually. It's like, what does an orgasm require? Focus. You have to sort of pay attention to the feeling long enough to make it happen. And I, whenever I treat women who have ADD, their husbands are so happy because <laughs> one, they're not as conflict driven. Yep. And two, they're more likely to have orgasms because they can pay attention. 
and it makes me so happy to be helpful to their family. Solving lots of marriages problems at the same time. So let's let's dive in. I mean, I know this book, uh, you've written 42 books, but you know that one was written 20 years ago, but I found it so helpful as I diagnosed, uh, thought about this interview from myself and, and our kids. What are the seven types of um, ADHD? Because, you know, one of the the things that, you know, I, I appreciate you exposing, at least in my head, was I just look at a kid bouncing around and I think, oh, they've got AD, ADD, ADHD. Well, you've got seven types in there. So I, I could be missing a ton of kids that really need this type of support. Um, so when I first started imaging, I sort of thought it was two things because two types have been described for a long time. The sort of classic ADHD type, hyperactive, restless, impulsive, can't concentrate. So all of the five symptoms plus hyperactivity, can't sit still. And then the ADD without hyperactivity, they're not hyperactive, actually not terribly impulsive, but clearly can't concentrate. Well, then um, it was actually a doctor at Yale described over-focused ADD, where the problem wasn't they couldn't pay attention, it's they couldn't shift their attention. And if you can't shift your attention, you can't pay attention, right? If the teacher says something that bothers you or you're stuck on it, you've now missed everything else the teacher has said. And that type is particularly common in children and grandchildren of alcoholics. So if you have alcoholism in your family history, it's usually over-focused, ADD is the time you ha- type you have. And a long time ago, I wrote a book called Healing the Chaos Within about the combination of Prozac and Ritalin as miraculous for these people. Now, at full disclosure, I own a supplement company, but why do I own a supplement company? because I'd rather start with natural supplements. So I'll use uh, 5-HTP and L-tyrosine and that can be super helpful. And then I'm like, well, there's something I call limbic ADD where you have this sort of chronic underlying depression that's giving you focus problems. And I see on scans too much activity in the emotional brain, and too little activity in the prefrontal cortex or the thoughtful brain. And they don't do well on stimulants. Actually, type three doesn't do well on stimulants either. It makes them more obsessive. Type four, limbic ADD, they get more sad, have more rebound with stimulants. And then there's something called temporal lobe ADD, where one or both of their temporal lobes got hurt, maybe in a head, head injury and mood instability, irritability, temper problems, learning memory problems, and all the ADD symptoms. So I have to stabilize their temporal lobes first. And then um, the one I'm most famous for is the ring of fire ADD, where the problem is they don't have a sleepy brain, they have a really busy brain. And giving them a stimulant eight times out of 10 will make them bonkers. And And then the last type is anxious ADD, where they have a lot of anxiety plus ADD stimulants make them more anxious. And so calming the anxiety down first and then giving them a stimulant can be super helpful. 
Well, I, I mean, one, I appreciate how you've broken all those out, but two, I do appreciate that you have a different answer or a different, you know, I, uh, treatment for each, each type. And so this question will probably be too broad. I don't want you to go down for every treatment. I just know that in your book, people can find it really easily. It's really easy to understand. I also appreciate when you, uh, whether you do videos, whether you do courses or you do books for people with ADD or ADHD, you make sure you write or create content in a way that they can digest it in small chunks, which I find really helpful. But for that, what would you say like the 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 main like first first line of treatment for ADHD is when you're recommending it to folks in a broad sense? Well, no, if you have it. And what type do you have? I have a free online test, ADD type test. And it's funny, in healing ADD, I think I actually have it right here. Uh, so healing ADD, this is the revised version. Um, the book starts with, I know you're not gonna read this book. Just read the first five pages and then you'll know if you have it and you'll have a sense of your type. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is no, ADD is a brain health disorder. It is not a mental illness. I hate the term mental illness. It shames people, it's stigmatizing, and it's wrong. And if ADD is a brain health issue, well, the first strategy is get your brain right which means you have to feed it right and you have to exercise and you have to give it some basic nutritional supplements. And that applies to all of the types. And then it's really treatment specific. What I really like to do, if my patients will do it, is start with an elimination diet. Eliminate gluten, dairy, corn, soy, artificial dyes, and sweeteners. Right. <laughs> Two studies from Holland that when they took a group of ADHD children, 300 of them, and they put them on an elimination diet, 72% did not have ADD anymore. Wow. That's huge. And they're basically no side effects. And the standard American diet is increasing the incidence of ADD. I often say the real weapons of mass destruction, ISIS has nothing on our food industry. The weapons of mass destruction are highly processed pesticides sprayed, high glycemic, low fiber food-like substances stored in plastic containers. The standard American diet, the McDonald's and Jack in the Box and Carl's are killing us with 72% of us overweight, 42% obese. It's the biggest brain drain in the history of the United States. And there's a brand new study that's just terrifying that 20% of children are overweight or obese and you can already see evidence of damage in their brains. And that's mm -hmm. just freaking unfair. Well, we've talked about, I think in the last interview, or maybe it's one of your books that I've read is, uh, you know, even though that's happening, if we get ahead of this or we work on rebuilding our own diets or our kids' diets, we can, they can heal their brain, right? That's the power of the brain that we can actually start reversing that pretty quickly, right? Yeah, but the sooner you start, the better, because if right. you're damaging the scaffolding, 
of a child's brain, they're going to miss some really basic developmental phases. Uh, I just want people to be way more serious. Yeah. Uh, and that's the theme for me in 2023 with Change Your Brain Every Day. Yep. Brain and mental health, it's a daily practice. And if stimulants are warranted, don't be afraid of them. Be afraid. You know, and people come to me and they go, but what about all the side effects? And I'll tell them, may lose weight. A lot of people like that one. Um, if you take it too late in the day, you may have trouble sleeping. You might get a headache or a tummy ache. That almost always goes away. Um, if you get ticks, you probably should stop it or add a whole bunch of magnesium to help it. Um, but you always want to ask the second question, which is what are the side effects if I don't take it? Mm. And from school failure to hanging out with the wrong crowd to substance abuse, because you hate how you feel, um, to conflict-driven behavior. And a lot of kids who have ADD are conflict-seeking, as are their parents. And so untreated ADD leads to a lot of unhappiness in families. And nobody knows why, right? They just blame each other. You're a bad mom, you're a bad kid. Um, when it has nothing to do with that. It's not will-driven negative behavior. It's brain-driven negative behavior. Before we uh, end on talking about your, your new book that comes out, I think in March, right? Is March 21st still the date? Yes. Okay. Uh, and pe by the way, if people do not follow you on social media, they are absolutely missing out. And so I just want to hit the pause button and say that. I know that you don't need to say that, but I, I, you're my favorite person on Instagram to follow. And it's because I do feel like I get made better every day. I wish I could say I, I listen to it every day or I watch it every day, but definitely a couple of times a week, which has been really helpful for me. So before we move on to that, I will just say one thing. You're a parent of a, a number of kids. You, you probably heard every excuse in the book from a parent or a patient you have. When you suggest to a parent, as I'm listening right now, take your kid on an elimination diet, and I'm thinking, oh, dear God, they're going to lose their mind when they don't get their apple juice or their whatever, their cookie bar or something. What, what is your encouragement back to say, get it together? Like, here's the, yeah, it's going to be painful for that short transition. Uh, what's, how, how do you push back on the excuses that I'm sure you've heard over time is my simple question. Well, I think you just educate them. That doing the right thing is a sign of love. And God gave us parents until our prefrontal cortex fully develops and you know children aren't going to starve and if they throw a fit so what it's you know now educate them when my daughter chloe who's now 19 when she was three she and i used to play this game all the time we called it chloe's game um and it's basically is this good for my brain or bad for it so if i would say blueberries she would go two thumbs up god's better as long as they're organic. <laughs> or if I said avocados, she would go two thumbs up, God's butter. If I said 
football, she would shake her head and look mad and she'd go, brain is soft, skull is hard. No, or I would say talking back to your redheaded mother, she'd go, oh, very bad. Um, you got to teach these kids to love their brain. And you should never be giving kids apple juice. What is apple juice? It's pure sugar unwrapped from its fiber source. That is just dumb. Um, and when parents do it, they think they're being good parents by getting them the little juice box, which is sort of like an IV Coca-Cola. It's not good for them. Nutrition in this country is a disaster. And um, so the most important thing, Dustin, to do is model the message. Because every day you are modeling health or you're modeling illness. Now, there's a rule in my house, and I suggest you have it too. If you throw a tantrum to get your way, the answer is no. It's always going to be no. Throw the tantrum and see. Because whenever you give in to a tantrum, you make the behavior more likely to happen. Now, whenever you give in to your own internal four-year-old tantrum, you know, I want beer. Beer is not good for your brain. It's clearly not good for your brain. I want beer. And you go, no, we're not gonna do it. No, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. And you give in, you just made it more likely you're gonna give in to the bad behavior. And so the first thing always for parents to do is model the message. Yeah. And you do it lovingly, do it with education and do it with them, right? If you isolate a child and like you're going to be deprived, but I'm having pizza and Coke, it's just, no, it's bad modeling. Yeah, it's it's funny to me. Uh, and I guess I shouldn't say funny. Uh your Instagram, I feel like you're on a, a loop of every, I don't know, let's call it week or two weeks or three weeks where you're, you know, either talking about the negative impacts of alcohol, the negative impacts of poor diet on your brain, on your health and everything. And you still are probably not doing it enough because you're trying so hard to break through to say, please listen to me. I am not trying to judge anybody for their habits. I am just trying to help you thrive in every aspect of your life. Please take me seriously. And you do it. You do do it out of love right now. As I'm talking about apple juice to you, you're not meaning to, but I'm like, man, I really screwed up. I feel judged right now, but I know I'm going to go have an apple juice conversation when I get off the road this week. And so um, thank you. I just, again, I would say thank you for that. I guess real quickly before we move on to your book, you know, when we're in classrooms or when we're in our schools, you know, it's, it's, we do, you know, our, t our teachers and our educators are doing a great job of differentiation, but to differentiate with ADHD, if they don't have that clear diagnosis, kind of hard, what are some structures or systems that you think people can create within their classrooms? You know, you don't have to be an educator to do this, but like some way to be able to help kids thrive um, in a school environment. Well, first thing is get everybody, all the kids and the teacher to define what they want. So write it out. I have an exercise I love called the one page miracle on one piece of paper, write down. What do you want? Relationships, work or school, money, physical, emotional, spiritual health. What do you want? 
get the kids to do it. Kids can do it in kindergarten. What do you want? I want a good relationship with the teacher. I want to do well in school. I want a good relationship with my parents. I want to feel happy. What do you want? And then constantly ask the question, okay, is your behavior getting you what you want? So rather than, so I grew up in Catholic school, there was a whole bunch of shooting on me. And it's like, you know, rather you should do this, you should do that. It's like, no, does your behavior fit what you want? I think that's so helpful. In school, as they took PE out of school or less in schools, behavior problems went up. You have a lot of ADD kids in your class, get them to exercise before they get to, before you want them to do something harder. Um, I think that's just critical. And then share the ADD type test with a lot of parents if you have kids you're concerned about. That's great. Um, so let's talk about the book behind you real quickly before we let you go. You know, you, you've clearly have a, it feels like a life's mission to uh, help people with their brain health. And now you have this book, you you're said you 42nd book you've written. Is that right? 41st, 42nd? 42nd. Change your brain every day. Brain and mental health are daily practices. So I give you the daily practices. So what's the structure of this? I mean, you've modeled it, obviously, you know, if you people follow you when they follow you, I assume everybody listening to this will be following you at the end of this because they need to go, uh, you're, you're, you're modeling it. You asked me to model something with my kids, you're modeling it every day, giving brain practices for us. And so, uh, how's this book structured? What makes this unique given your 41 other books? Well, it's sort of my greatest hits. Um, I saw Miley Cyrus and Dolly Parton on New Year's Eve, uh, and it's sort of like Dolly Parton's greatest hits. It's like the best thing she's ever done. We watched and, that and loved it too. <laughs> and Change Your Brain Every Day is 366 short essays with an action step uh, for you to do every day. It's sort of like a devotional to yep. the brain to just remind you this is a daily thing, like spiritual health should be a daily practice. Physical health, obviously, it's a daily practice if you're going to be healthy. Uh, the brain and mental health are exactly the same thing. I teach people to start every day with today is going to be a great day to ask. There's all sorts of tiny habits. Is this good for my brain or bad for it uh, before you make any decision? When you go to bed at night, what went well today? Um, it just, it's all the highlights. You know, I talk about the seven types of ADD. I talk about the six types of addicts. I talk about knowing the dragons from my book, Your Brain is Always Listening. It's just, it's the book that yeah. has all of my best thinking in it. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty enticing just because I would say, you know, since I read the book we talked about last time, we we, I, we dove a little bit deeper into dragons last time because I think I was struggling with them at that point. Uh, your books are all easy to read and they lead to the other book. So if you like say, oh man, I really want to go deeper here, you get another easy to read book that I can make actions with. And so it's great to have something that you can put into place. Obviously, you know our organization well. We talk about the importance of spiritual health, mental health, um, physical health. 
you know, when I challenge folks to ask them, you know, in our trainings, what are you doing for mental health? I often get, well, I, I read, I challenge myself to read 10 pages a day. I challenge myself to do Sudoku once a day, something like that, right? We're just trying to say that's how they work on mental health. Why is that not enough? Or maybe is it part of the solution, but not the entire solution? Well, I think we have to change the word mental. So my mission in life is to end mental illness by creating a revolution in brain health. Mm. Uh, that's the mission. I know at Franklin Covey, it's to inspire greatness. I wish I could, I'd love that so much. <laughs> uh, but the end of mental illness will begin with a revolution in brain health. So that's what I want people thinking. I got to get the physical functioning of my brain healthy. Then I have to program it. And so brain healthy habits and then programming it is learning not to believe every stupid thing you think. Your brain generates all sorts of stupidity, all sorts of violence, all sorts of hysteria, all sorts of nonsense and learning how to direct your mind and not be a victim of it so critical uh it's a basic skill i think second graders should get yep i love that so uh, as people are diving into your book is there i saw the other day maybe it was today or recently uh, a pre-order option is that still available for folks or is that oh, i'm uh, so excited <laughs> uh, until march 21st when the book comes out yeah if they pre-order the book anywhere they want target walmart barnes and noble amazon I'll give them four free things, including we will mail them a bottle of Calm My Brain, one of my favorite supplements, ashwagandha, theanine, magnesium. People love this supplement. And I'll give them access to Brain Fit Life, our online and mobile program where they can test their brain, work their brain, uh, along with the 28-day challenge. We're going to start that February first uh 28 days change your brain every day quick start program and then uh tana's book my wife's book the 10-day brain boost so i'm always interested how fast can i get your brain healthy but you have to keep doing it yeah that's awesome hence the why we have 366 uh options in there so real quickly last four questions i'm just curious if they've changed at all What's a habit or discipline that you find really important right now that you utilize every day um, to make you the best version of yourself? Every night before I go to bed, I say a prayer and then I go, what went well today? And I start the moment I woke up and I just sort of go through my day looking for what was awesome. It's my favorite of all my habits. It's a treasure hunt every day. So one of the things I appreciate about you is that you do not seem to be someone who gets caught up in fads. And so you're someone who's like constantly looking for wisdom and what seems to be truth. And so I'm curious, what, what book have you read recently or in the last couple of years uh, that you think other people need to check out or that has just made a big impact on your life? Well, whenever I get sad or stressed, I read The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle and Loving What It Is by Byron Katie. They're two of my personal favorite books. I also recently read Brain Energy, 
from uh, Chris Palmer at Harvard. I thought that was an awesome book. Um, that's great. I don't, I don't know if you're a music person. So the last time you're on, I asked the question, you know, what's on your playlist? Uh, my son living in St. Louis, uh, Missouri, we're Cardinals fans. And so baseball is a big deal for us right now. And so he's always curious, dad, what would your walk-up song be? So I'm asking this year, what are people's walk-up song? If you had a song that was going to try to set your intention for the day where, you know, let, let's say I, I have a playlist I listen to before the podcast to set my intention or before a big meeting. Is there a song, is there an artist, is there a genre that would you would say this would fit my kind of walk-up song? Well, I've been blessed to see Miley Cyrus for the last 11 years. And during the pandemic, that became public. And I, she has a brand new album coming out um, January 13th. And she has a song called Flowers that is so stinking awesome. <laughs> and it's... You know, if you don't love me anymore, I love myself. I can bring myself flowers. I can hold my own hand. I love that song. Uh, that's awesome. By the way, that was breaking news. First time we've done that on the podcast. You have made my day, sir. Uh, last piece of advice you want to leave with. I'll tell you, and I'm not, I'm not used to doing this with anybody, but since I follow you too closely, I'm telling you something that's helped me. Uh, I think it's kind of your one-page miracle, but it was kind of... Um, as people were doing their getting ready for 2023, you just said, put down the things you want to be and ask yourself, does this, uh, I think the question was, does it fit, right? Like to do these actions fit, what's the best piece of advice you have for people? That may be it. And I'm so sorry if I just stole it. I was just excited to share it uh, for folks as they attack 2023. Well, you know, I don't have any tattoos, but if I did, does it fit would be one of the first ones but since you said that the other one would be is it true you know mm -hmm. the brain is a sneaky organ <laughs> we all have these weird crazy stupid sexual violent thoughts that nobody should ever hear and when you get a thought it's not the thoughts you have that make you suffer it's the thoughts you attach to that make you suffer. So just when something pops up in your head, don't attach to it, just go, is it true? And it, it'll decrease the amount of suffering you go through exponentially. Well, I don't, I mean, we feel very blessed that you've come on again. And I, I've got an idea to get you back on a third time. I mean, you're gonna write probably 12 books between the next year or so when we can have you back, but, uh, I would like to put myself out there as someone who's going to start practicing uh, what you've asked me to preach is, does it fit, right? Because we talk about you've got to be the change and you're challenging people to model. And so uh, I will uh, start by diving into your book. And once I complete it, we can talk again. How about that? I look forward to it. That would be awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I know how busy you are. This is just an awesome, awesome opportunity for us. And so thank you for, as always, for bringing your head and heart here. Uh, thank you, Dustin. Thank you for helping me spread the word. Uh, we can end mental illness if we create a revolution in brain health. I totally believe it. And you've been a big part of my improvement already. So I've got a long way to go, obviously. And I will get rid of apple juice. That'll be the one quick thing that we'll do in my family. <laughs> Not that that's a big takeaway, but... <laughs> I mean, just along those lines is when it comes to food, you want to always ask yourself or what you drink, do I love it? And does it love me back? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love apple juice but it hates me. 
it makes me fat and diabetic. No, you know, and I don't know if you've ever been in a bad relationship. I have. I'm not doing it anymore. It's like, no, I'm only going to love people and have people in my life that respect me and that care about me. I'm like done with that. Well, I'm damn sure not going to do it with food, right? I only want to be in a relationship that I love that loves me back. And apple juice doesn't fit. Does it fit? Is it true? And does it love me back? Uh, Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And I look forward to having on again in the future. And I wish you the best of luck on this book launch. Great. Thanks, Dustin. Please support us by subscribing to our YouTube channel, uh, podcast on Apple or Spotify, and help us celebrate the beautiful, messy work of shaping human potential. Thank you.